bonus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most. And yeah, this is a little bit of a bonus episode. This is technically episode 44. Welcome to the show where we wrap up everything around Apple. We just had a show that I put out about the things that we'd like to see Apple do better in 2019. Had a great conversation with Lance Yulnoff. Well, Guess what? Some big news kind of dropped after that, and I just wanted to kind of make this a quick-hitting episode. I'm actually kind of testing this format to see if I can get kind of a second quick wrap-up every week just in case certain big headlines drop that we want to talk about. And the biggest one right now is the fact that Apple has confirmed to The Verge that some iPad Pros do ship slightly bent in the box, and when you open them, they some might be slightly bent, but they're saying that it's normal. I repeat, Apple says that a slightly bent iPad Pro, if you get one out of the box, is normal. No. Is it? Is it normal? Is it really? Boo! That ain't normal. So here's the report. They confirmed The Verge because there were in Mac Rumors forums and a few people saying, hey, uh, my iPad Pro's slightly bent. You can see it. You can see it in pictures. And they would take it to the store. Most people kind of, they would be asked questions like, oh, did you sit on it? Uh, was there extra force on it? Because you would never, in the history of Apple, you would never actually think they would ship a product that was slightly bent and it would be okay. Well, what happened is that Apple told The Verge that, in fact, some of their iPad Pros of 2018, whether it's the 10-inch or the 12.9-inch, and whether it's a regular version or an LTE version, they are shipping with a very slight bend in the aluminum chassis. Now, they say this side effect is because of the device's manufacturing process. It should not worsen over time or negatively affect the flagship iPad performance in any way, according to The Verge. Um, But Apple does not consider this to actually be a defect. I repeat, Apple does not Consider this to be a defect. So the bend is the result of a cooling process involving the iPad Pro's metal and plastic components during manufacturing, according to Apple. Now, Apple, or at least The Verge, did not include Apple's official statement to them. Now this is starting to cause a little bit of a brouhaha because you can only imagine if you're a a loyal fan or someone who spent a minimum $799 on an iPad Pro and they tell you that out of the package, if there's a slight bend, that it's normal. Um, I'm not having I am not having that. Me of all people, you think that I'm cool with that? No. Absolutely not. But I'm not going to blow it up yet. Not just yet. But I will say, oh yeah, that's a bad apple. So here what we ha- here's the, an official statement at least that we have from a Mac Rumors reader that sent an email to Tim Cook. Tim didn't uh, respond, but Dan Riccio, Apple's VP of Hardware Engineering, did reply. Um, and this is to uh, email sent to a user on Mac Rumors. This is what Dan Riccio said about this. Relative to the issue you referenced regarding the new iPad Pro, its unibody design meets or exceeds all of Apple's high-quality standards of design and precision manufacturing. We've carefully engineered it 
and every part of the manufacturing process is precisely measured and controlled. Our current specification for iPad Pro flatness is up to 400 microns, which is even tighter than previous generations. This 400 micron variance is less than half a millimeter or the width of fewer than four sheets of paper at most. And this level of flatness won't change during normal use over the lifetime of the product. Note, these slight variations do not affect the function of the device in any way. Again, thanks for reaching out, and I hope the above explanation addresses your concerns. All right, so I think about this where previous iPads kind of had a curve to them, like a, like a slight curve to them. So maybe the variance wasn't seen as much, but the pictures are pretty clear that this slight bend is evident if you get it. Now, I did not receive my iPad Pro 12.9 inch Wi-Fi model did not have any bend. Although some people said, hey, is your iPad bent? Because I guess at certain angles on my video, it looked that way. I kind of tried to inspect it, but it doesn't look like as bad as some of the photos that we've seen. Some of the photos look pretty bad. But I got to take a step back here. And the way that Apple responded to this and the fact that the pictures are telling us a different story from what Apple is saying, this might be a new low for Apple, a company who embraces and has really built its reputation off of its design, its engineering, its fit and finish. And now they're saying, oh, it's, it's, not, it's normal. Come on, guys. Come on. You can't be serious. Are you serious? Now, the good thing is if you are someone who doesn't like having a slightly bent iPad Pro, if it's within the 14-day return policy, you can take it into a store and get it swapped out, which obviously makes sense. They better do that. But I think a bigger question looms for people that it's been, the iPad Pro has been out now for a couple months now. Yeah, about two months or so. If I can remember my dates right, time flies. Um, Previous people that took it to a store have been told that they need to get AppleCare Plus, and then AppleCare Plus will cover the swap out. Well, guess what? Now that Apple's admitted that this is, quote unquote, not a defect, they better accept back everyone who has bent iPad Pros. That's all I'm saying. Apple says it's meet, their, meet or exceeds their quality standards. From the photos that we have seen, and there's about three or four of them that are out right now, you can't tell me that this is acceptable. You can't. And it's, you know, I've gotten over it a little bit from a standpoint of like, I'm not as mad, but I think this is a new low for Apple to really come out like this. And instead of saying, you know what, if you haven't been iPad, we'll take care of it. There's, instead, their actual first response is, this is not a defect. This is normal. I don't know about that, guys. That's all I'm saying. I don't know about that. Um, Just another quick story. So, you know, if you have a bent iPad or slightly bent one, I'd love to hear about it. People, I put up a video about it on YouTube and there are several people that said, I thought something was wrong with mine, but I wasn't sure. I swore there was a bend and now it confirms it. Because it's one of those infallible things that you're like, Apple wouldn't sell us a bent product. They wouldn't. So you don't, you're almost like, no, it's not happening. Well, it's happening now, guys. In more iPad news, Apple will reportedly launch an iPad mini 5 and a new entry-level 10-inch iPad next year. This is according to the China Times. The last iPad Pro, up, I'm sorry, iPad mini update was September 2015. 
Um, it did receive a price cut in March of 2017, uh, but sources say that a new iPad mini is coming. I can't tell you how many people asked, when is a new mini coming when they announced the new iPad Pros? No word if this these will also be bent. I hope not. Also, there looks like Apple will be replacing their entry-level iPad, the 6th generation 9.7-inch iPad with a similarly priced model that features a 10-inch display with a narrower frame. These are rumor reports. This is what may or may not be happening, but that's encapsulates what's going on with the with the Apple world. So, hold I I can't imagine people are happy with Johnny Ive can't be happy with what's going on here. And they had he had to he had to admit, right? Apple wouldn't put out an official statement unless the design team signed off on saying, "Yes, this is part of the process." Okay, let's move on. We talk about the HomePod and Siri, and I put them in my my number one thing of what Apple can do better in 2019. Gene Munster, former big time analyst, now of Loop Ventures, he's he's thrown out some stuff that has not come out as true at all, but he's also done some good things as well. Um, he's made a great living off of it, clearly. But Loop Ventures and him tested the accuracy of digital assistance on four smart speakers recently. You know the big four. Alexa, Siri, Google's Assistant, and Cortana. So they put together a series of 800 questions that they would ask each of them respectively. And first of all, pretty much all four assistants understood the query with anywhere from a 100% to a 99.9%. Four ninety nine point six ninety nine percent reliability. They, uh, the assistants actually understood the question. Then it came down to if they answered it correctly. Who do you think was the number one smart assistant that answered it correctly? I gave you a moment to breathe. It was the Google Assistant at eighty seven point nine percent. The actual questions asked were answered correctly. Surprisingly, Siri came in second at seventy four point six percent. Alexa, 72.5% where they answered the questions correctly, and Cortana at 63.4%. Now, the next question is, okay, well, what type of questions did you actually ask? What's their method methodology, right? So they do they kind of graded on two metrics. Did it first understand what was said? And second, did the assistants deliver a correct response? Now, they're designed to use a comprehensive group of different types of questions broken into five categories. One of them is local, which is questions like, where's the nearest coffee shop? Where is this? Another category is commerce. You know, I'd like to order more paper towels or can you order me paper towels? Three is navigation. So how do I get from here to there? How do I get to, I don't know. How do I get to the MoMA? Next one is information. Things like, who do the Golden State Warriors play tonight? And the fifth one was command. Commands have to do more with like reminders and tasks, notifications. So something like remind me to call Steve at 2 p.m. today. So those are the five categories where these questions were asked. Again, Google Home, 88% understood all 800 questions. HomePod answered 75% correctly, only misunderstood three. The Echo correctly understood 73% and only misunderstood eight questions. And Cortana correctly answered 63% 
and misunderstood just five questions. The good thing, at least for me, is I continue to say the Google Assistant is the best assistant from knowledge, from capabilities. So I'm at least glad that I verified that. But it was interesting to see how the HomePod and Siri moved up. Now, one of the things that they mentioned is that because the HomePod is using a different version of Siri, it is limited in some situations, right? That's one of the problems to me. Siri is different on different devices. So the phone really gives you the best version of Siri where the HomePod is a lot more stripped down. And they say the HomePod's underperformance is really due to the fact that of this limitation. Now, over this 12-month period, because they talk about improvement over time, who has improved where? Google Home improved by seven percentage points. Echo improved by nine points. Siri by 22 points, a huge jump. And Cortana by seven points. And that's a big deal because when they last ran this uh, test or this comparison, Siri at the time correctly answered 52% of queries. So that's a big, big jump. Shows that Apple is improving. One of the things where Apple and Google both stood out is when it had to come down to um, local and navigation questions because those two assistants are directly plugged into and integrated with their proprietary maps. And it's a good sign for Siri. I mean, it shows how much it's improved on the HomePod. But when you talk about day-to-day use and then how it interacts with your smart home, it is still, in my opinion, just from a real world use, because you can always have these question prompts that show, okay, did it answer correctly? Yes. Did it not? No. Can it do this? Yes. Can it not? It's still from a real world use, still not up to par and obviously needs a lot more help with smart device compatibility. The other thing that's interesting here, if you want to talk about the smart home before we kind of wrap up this quick hit of stories, the Apple music service, which was just released on Alexa enabled speakers, according to A tweet from Mashable's Ryan Wong, he's been told that Apple will roll out Apple Music to other third-party Alexa speakers. So we're talking about brands like Sonos, JBL, Ultimate Ears, and First Alert. The plans are in place to roll it out for other third-party products. So that's exciting. I know there's a lot of Sonos users out there um, that would love that you know are Apple people that have the Apple Music service and they would love to just plug that right in along with everything. You can use Apple Music with a Sonos directly through their app if you're physically navigating the app, but giving it voice-controlled navigation is a whole different ballgame and really cool. I mean, one of the big best things about Sonos is it pretty much supports every music platform possible through their app, but now we're talking about Apple Music through Alexa-enabled voice command. So that's all coming and shaking down the pipeline. All right, that's going to do it for this kind of quick bits hitting show. Let me know what you think about this. And if this is something that you want to see moving forward, you know, you can support me at patreon.com slash Brian Tong starting at $2 a month. If you think I give you more value than that in your day to day, $5 a month, that's just a cup of coffee. We have other higher tiers and other higher rewards, but I'm working this to be one of the goals where I can offer a second kind of mini show alongside of the other content. So you kind of get a big main show and a mini show once per week. And it's obviously one of those build it and they will come. If you like this and you like this idea, you know, hopefully it encourages you to support my Patreon and it's the whole build it 
and they will come, and I gotta prove to you guys that I'm working my butt off for you. The live stream on my YouTube has finally been switched on. I know a lot of people that were looking forward to more of that, that you know, supported at a certain level. They wanted to pull back because it literally went down for three months. So I'm just bringing it to you in 2019. We've got a lot of great plans, and thank you again so much for all of you supporting what I do here. It's the Apple Bits XL. I guess we call it the, this is like the Quick Bits XL? The Quick Bitty? Quick, Quickie Bitties? We'll come up with a name for it. But there you go. Thank you so much for listening. And again, if you want to call in and be a part of the show, 833-888-ABXL-2295. We'll talk to you soon. Take care and be safe. Peace. Peace.